0: Let's put them hands together, HBC. Amen. Amen. Greeting you in the strong, mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm so excited and so elated to be here. Can we give this praise team a hand clap of praise unto the Lord? Sister Melody, amen. Worship pastor, God bless you. If you all don't know, you are family to us. Uh, Some of you have gone on our our mission, the mission trips, amen, to, to Baltimore Uh, which is still the greatest city in America. Uh, No pun intended. Amen. But we are repping West Baltimore and we are repping it to the fullest. Amen. And so I'm excited. Uh, My wife is not with me on today. She is celebrating her mom's birthday. Amen. Uh, Sister Marietta Taylor, who is also uh, my girlfriend. And so I'm excited uh, about that. Amen. Uh, For those of you who are married, we want to make sure that our our our, uh, in-laws don't become our outlaws. So I call them my in love. She's my mother in love and my father in love. Amen. So we're excited on today. Um, I also just want to thank the entire leadership here. So many leadership and so many pastors that are here that are doing such a marvelous work, uh, not only in the uh, city of Wendell, but globally. And so CLC wants to be like you when we grow up. Uh, We have uh, under Pastor Aaron's leadership and Pastor John and I know Josh has been doing a wonderful job uh, in doing so with Baltimore, but we have actually started a missions ministry department at Christian Liberty Church, and so we're excited about that. Amen. We we have one of our pastors here uh, in training, uh, brother Eld, uh, Elder Terry, who's actually our missions director, uh, and we've excited in the past year. I just want to just testify because last the first service I couldn't really talk too much, so I was like, blah, 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 blah. I had about 30 minutes uh, to get everybody out of here by 10:15. So pastor told me I could take as long as I want, so I got about to about 2:30 this afternoon. <laughs> 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 uh, but we we've actually. Um, have uh, structured uh, our missions ministry uh, similar to HBC. We've learned so much from you all. Uh, You all, when you all come, you come, uh, if I could be honest, can I be honest? I don't care who comes on a missions trip, um, HBC is the last church to leave with us. You are with us to the end. Uh, And so that that speaks volumes to what uh, partnership looks like. And not only partnership, but just being family, being co-laborers, uh, the mentality is is that when when the teams are and we're packing up they say listen when you're leaving is when we're leaving so even down to the smallest cup the smallest trash bag and i just want to say thank you for the bottom of our hearts and the entire christian liberty church family for your hearts and for your hands and your willingness not only just your your, your funds but your hands and your heart and i told the service earlier your spirit the spirit of behind of what you do is such meekness it's such humility and it's authentic one, one thing about me, uh, uh, I, I have a master's degree from, um, uh, from Street University, and I can tell when someone is genuine. And, and, and you all have been genuine uh, with your love and for your heart, uh, not only for me, and my family, but the CLC, but, and also for Baltimore. We all know that there's so much going on in the news uh, that is uh, misrepresenting the city that we serve and the city that we love. But I thank God that uh, we have uh, people such as yourself who understand the heart and are with, with us, with us to the end to help transform um, our city. I am a, a product of West Baltimore. My wife is a product of West Baltimore. And uh, so we're, we're thankful, and just know that uh, some of you have heard me say this, and I'll say it again, the same God uh, that is in Wendell is the same God that's back in Baltimore, and the same sin that's here is the same sin that is there, uh, but we serve a God. Uh, His name is Jesus, and there is a bomb in Gilead that is able to do uh, all that God sees fit to be done. Uh, and God is a God of orchestration, and so who would have known uh, that uh, the city would have been getting this much attention for five years later. Uh, and and back then, uh, n- you know, it wasn't really getting as much fanfare, the whole Freddie Gray and all this other stuff that's going on. But God knew what he was doing by placing us right there in the heart of it, in the thick of it. And I, I wouldn't pastor anywhere else in the world. Uh, I, I'm glad and I'm thankful. And I just want to uh, thank, amen, the CLC team that has come here uh, to not only uh, uh, spread the gospel here with me, but also to serve and to co-labor with me. These two men that are before me, these are men that are uh, the product of West Baltimore, the product of Christian Liberty Church, uh, Pastor uh, Zach and Pastor Terry and his wonderful wife, Sister Stacy, that are here baptized, receive Christ, disciple, pastors in training, and they're doing a wonderful work. Can we just give Christ a hand clap of praise for the work that is being done? I'm also excited because uh, not only the team that come, they have some family. If you can raise your hand, the aunt and uncle, amen, that are here. They're actually from North Carolina, amen. So uh, we, we pulled them in, and uh, so now you have a, a second church here uh, that you can fellowship with when you're not on your own. Um, but we're excited. Listen, um, we, we, we went, and I hope I'm, I'm okay with this, uh, Pastor. Uh, we were in the book of Numbers uh, this morning. We dealt with uh, the perception of of God, the perception, perceive God's promise His way. But uh, in, in the transition, I felt the, the Lord just pulling me in a different direction, and, and I hope that that's okay, uh, that you all are willing to go with me by the Spirit of the Lord and what He's speaking to the house, amen. And I know uh, we dealt with the perception and perceiving God's promise as His way and not your own, but I, I, I want to speak uh, uh, on dealing with storms, how to deal with storms God's way. Uh, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I want us to stand as we go to the scripture to deal with that. Uh, we're going to go to the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to Mark chapter number uh, four, um, and we're celebrating the fruit. One uh, sister gave her life to Christ at our last service, amen, and so we're rejoicing in that. Uh, but Mark chapter number four, can we pick it up at verse number uh, verse number 35, and uh, pray for uh, my strength and our strength. I feel like we've been I think I've traveled, uh, I've never traveled this much before. <laughs> and you know what, I, I am excited and I'm honored. Let me just give you a quick little snippet before we go in there. We, we had our back to sc- we were in Wilmington three weeks ago. Then we had our back to school where 21 people came to Christ this past Sunday. Then we sent the kids off to camp up in the woods for three days, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. While they were with that team, we had another team go on a college tour up in D.C., Uh, And this has all been in the last seven days And we left on Friday, amen So I pray that you pray for my strength, amen As I declare the word of God on today The scriptures is very clear When we are weak as yet when we are strong, amen And so pray for my strength in the Lord As I am honored and excited to be here Um, You know, it's one thing for a preacher to invite you one time It's it's, it's another to invite you back And so I, I think I did okay last time The pastor would have me back So thank you Mark chapter number four, let's get it On verse 30, on that day, somebody say on that day, when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over to the other side of the sea. So they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat and the other boats were with him. A fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking over the boat so that the boat was already being swamped. Somebody say already being swamped. But he was in the stern, sleeping on the cushion. And so they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to die? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Silence, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And then he said to them, Why are you fearful? Do you still have no faith? Verse number 41. And they were terrified and asked one another, Who then is this, even the wind and the sea obey him? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your love. And Lord, we just bless you. We lift you up. I pray, Lord, that you hide me behind the cross, that you use me in a mighty way, that the people of God will hear of your word and of your message of the cross with clarity, uh, with power, and with the authority by your spirit. And Lord, we consider it a privilege to come into this house And to lift up our hands and to utter praises unto you. And Lord, I pray that you soften our hearts, that the word will fall on fertile ground. You open up ears that we will hear of you. And we open up eyes that we will only see of you. And Lord, I pray for uh, my strength, Lord, that you strengthen my body, you strengthen my mind, even right now. Lord, we love you and we pray for salvation on today. That someone who doesn't know you will be saved. And someone who is going through a storm. Lord Jesus will remember how to deal with it, and someone who may be going in one will know how to encounter it. We love you, and we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. While the Lord so leads and guides, I would like to just simply preach and teach from this subject: how to handle storms God's way. How to handle storms God's way. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, my brother how to handle storms God's way. Beloved brothers and sisters, we are gathered here on today. One of the things that we have to realize and recognize, uh, the same way that we have dealt with the physical storms of life is the same way that God wants us to deal with the spiritual storms of life. As you were younger, mommy and daddy, grandma granddad, whomever raised you, prepared you, on how to deal with storms. One of the things that they will tell you is to grab an umbrella. An umbrella is to protect you from the rain and from the water. Not only will they tell you to have umbrellas, but they will prepare you with having the proper garments that to protect you from the winds and from the things that may blow around you. And even... Uh, the boots that you have in the rain boots and, and put protective covers over things so, so things won't deal with damage. And, but God has done something similar. He has protected us by giving us uh, the gospel, of the preparation of the gospel of peace, He's given us the shield of faith. He's given us the helmet of salvation. He's given us the sword. He's given all of these things for us to protect us from the darts of the enemy. And one of the things that I want to encourage you on today, and we're going to go over the scripture, is how to deal with storms God's way. One of the worst things that you can do is to go into a storm and not have your spiritual umbrella. The, one of the worst things that you can do is to go in a storm and not be prepared for what is encountering you, to not just to distract you, but also to water some things. All storms in your life is not to distract you, but is to provide water in your life. Mark chapter number four, beginning at verse number uh, 35, on that day when evening had come, he told them, let's cross over To the other side of the sea. One of the things that I want you to realize is that God wants to go places with you. Write that down. God wants to go places with you. Jesus tells the disciples, let us cross over. the other side. In other words, he wants to be uh, you to be a part of his his traveling party. He, He he wants you to be a part of the family of God. He he wants you to go where he go, because where I go low, I will be with you even to the end of the age. Jesus desires to go places with you. Not only does he say that uh, I I desire to go places with you to let us cross over to the other side of the sea, he says so so they left the crowd. Beloved brothers and sisters, in order for you to go where God wants you to go, you're going to have to leave some crowds. Somebody say leave some crowds. Now, let me explain something to you with these crowds. These crowds is a place of comfort. It's a place of familiarity. It's a a place of what you know. And and, and God is simply saying, in order for you to go where I'm desiring for you to go, not only go in a physical standpoint, but in a spiritual maturity, in a spiritual awakening, in a spiritual renewal, you're going to have to leave some crowds alone. One of the things that we struggle with is that we try to spiritualize our witness when we have no business associating with certain folk anymore. We oh, I'm trying to shed light. I'm trying to be a witness. But Jesus is saying, listen, in order for us to go where I want you to go in life, and I'm not talking about no corporate ladder. I'm not talking about the ladder of success. What I'm talking about is in the presence of God. There may be some people, some places, some crowds, some friends, and even some family that you're going to have to let leave right there on the sea of life, on the shore of life to get in the boat where God is desiring for you to go. But here's the thing, not by yourself, but with him. The question that God is asking you on this morning, who are you willing to let go to go with me where you've never been before? Who are you willing to leave on the side to go with me and go places that you've never seen in your spiritual journey? And, and some of the things that, that we have to realize is that when God calls you, he calls you. And so we, we, we try to, 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 to think about it in the a, in a, in a overall thing, but guess what? God got to get you right before he can get the crowd right. And, and, and in this boat, there may be only room for you. Maybe there's another boat coming for the next crowd, but look at what it says. Let us cross over to the other side. So they left the crowd. Somebody say, leave the crowd again. That may be a point for some of you who are struggling with some crowds, with some friends. You, you got your, your church friends over here. And you got your Budweiser, vodka, Seagram jins, partying people over here, and you got you got one foot over here, and what foot over here? God said, "Listen, we we you you've gone far enough straddling the fence." He says, "Listen, I, I, either either you're going to witness to them and be bold enough to influence the crowd, or I want you to leave this crowd and come where I am. There is decision times that needs to be made." The text goes on and say, he says, uh, since he was already in the boat. He says, I want you to leave the crowd since he was already in the boat. Let me explain something to you. In order to go with God places you've never been, Jesus has to already be in your boat. Well, what is your boat? Your boat is your house. Your boat is your family. Your boat is your job. Your boat is your mind, your boat is your heart, your boat is your thinking, your boat is wherever it is. What boat is in your life that Jesus is saying, listen, I need to be all up in that. In other words, yes, you may own it, but I have the authority over it. Yes, you are are understanding that it's yours, but give me the permission to invade it, kick out whoever is in it, leave whoever you want, and go with me in your boat because I am God. question God is asking you are you willing for me to be inside of your business? Are you willing for me to be inside of your boat? whatever that boat may be. And your boat may be your job that's taking you to whatever destination you want it to be. Your boat may be in your finance that's taking you to whatever destination, whatever the thing that has your destination on it. He says, I want to be in the midst of that so I can lead that, I can direct that, I can guide that, I can control that. And guess what? The same things that you may think you want, you very well may need. He says, not only do I want to take authority of your boat, but I want to tell you who can get in it and who can't. I want you to leave some crowds behind. He says, not only do I want you to leave the crowds alone, he says, but uh, 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 uh. so they left the crowd and took him along since he was already in the boat. See, see, you don't have to ask God to be in your life if he's already up in your life. See, he, he was already in the perimeter of of them. He says, not only do I, th- is that happening, he says, but as soon as uh, they got in the boat and they were with him, verse 37, a fierce windstorm arose and the waves were breaking on the boat. Let me explain something to you. As soon as they got in the boat with Jesus, a storm arose. Can I just pause and tell you that if somebody is telling you that after you start serving Jesus and going places with Jesus, that life is going to be a, a flower bed and and, and and sweet as pumpkin pie, they've lied to you. Because as soon as they started to go somewhere with Jesus, storms started to arise. And let me explain something to you. There may be some of you here on today that you're going through a storm right now, and you're saying, but I'm serving God. I'm giving unto God. I'm living for God. I'm learning with God. But it seems like a storm is arising. Guess what? You are right where you need to be, because following Jesus, storms will come. And so here's the thing. The enemy will then attempt to attack the purpose of that storm. See, the question is not if storms arise. The question becomes, how do I handle that storm when it arrives? That's just like you're saying, well, no storms will ever come here on earth. I, since I've been in North Carolina, it's been storming. Matter of fact, on my way here, it's been storming. It, it, the lake day, it was raining. Driving here uh, from Baltimore, it was raining. We can't control storms, but how we can, what we can control is how we perceive them and how we protect ourselves while in the storm. And so storms do come, but are you utilizing the common sense that God has given us to perceive it his way. Not only did this storm arise, but it came immediately. So here's the thing. We can be so excited. we clapping and we praising God and I receive Christ and, and I'm serving and, and, and God is doing some amazing things and Jesus and you got the, the Jesus bumper sticker and the what would Jesus do mentality and, and, and things are, uh, seems like it's going. And then a storm arises. A mental storm, a physical storm, a a health storm, a a financial storm, a ministry storm, whatever that storm may be, and and, and you get discouraged and you get distracted and you get detoured. But, But I need to remind you about something, is that God is with you in the storm. The Jesus that we love and that we serve, Jesus is in the boat with them while the storm is going on. Now, here's the thing. I would rather be in a storm with Jesus than to be on the sunshine sun of Florida shores without him. And this is what we have to come to grips as believers and as the body of Christ is that as long as I got King Jesus on my side, everything is going to be all right. Come what may, even when the winds may blow and the storms may arise, if God be for you, HBC, who can be against you this morning? And so even when storms may come, Jesus is in the boat with you. Look at what it says. It says, Fierce windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat. Good God Almighty. So imagine this. They're standing on the shore. Jesus comes, invades their privacy, invades what they own, gets on the boat. He says, come with me on the other side. They're like, well, we're going to go ahead and go since you're already in a boat. We're going to have to leave some crowds. Never mind if you thought those people were supposed to be with you or not. Let's go on the other side. And before they can even get there, storms arose. Have you ever become obedient unto God, begin to do what he says, live out what he requires of you, and before you can get where God has told you to go and live the way God told you to live, storms have already arised and you haven't even gotten to where God told you to go yet. So now they get out there in the middle of the water. They got the crowds looking at them. Have you ever been so obedient And so crazy for Jesus, you done left some things behind, you done left some crowds behind, you done done took a demotion on your job, you done done moved out of state for the glory of God, you done 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 all these things, you done left, and the same people that's on there on the crowd are now looking at you out in the middle of your obedient self to Jesus in the middle of the storm and say, well, they said they love Jesus, now look at them. See, you have to be willing to be mocked and be willing to be looked at even from the shore of your family and your friends because you're in the middle of a storm, but you got King Jesus with you, and who cares? See, one of the things that we have to deal with and we have to understand, we we, we have to be willing to be embarrassed in the midst of with Jesus. See, some of us make decisions because our flesh can't handle the humiliation for God. And then we start complaining. We start, well, God, you got me out here. I'm embarrassed. I didn't left people. I didn't. I stop talking to Susan. I didn't stop talking to Ray. Ray. I didn't start talking to whomever you. Whomever. I done, I done left let those crowds alone. And now I'm outside in this boat with you, going where you told me to go. And now I'm in the middle of a storm. Hmm. Let's look at what happens. Verse, verse thirty-seven: A fierce windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking over the boat. Now, this ain't no little, f- this ain't no yacht. This this ain't nothing you see down Miami. This this is this is no port of Baltimore. This this is one of those little small little boats, and the and the and the the. the the boat was being broken up by the winds. This is on some kids. Roll, roll, roll your boat gently down the stream. Mary, 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 Mary. Life. It's one of them little, small little boats. And the very thing that God told them to get in is now being broken up. Hmm. But as long as you have Jesus. Everything is going to be all right. But look at what it says. It was already being swamped. Waves were breaking it. How much more do you feel like you can handle at times when storms have arose? You've, you've, you've done what God told you to do. You've gone where he's told you to go. You've, you've left crowds alone, and now you are Fighting for your life. In the stern is Jesus. On the top is the people. And it says that the waves were battering and they were feeling like they were swamped. I'm going to say that again. And there was already being swamped. There may be some of you who are mothers, who are fathers, who are lay leaders and you feel like you're being swamped. I feel swamped. I feel overwhelmed. I, I feel like this is a lot. But, but do I need to remind you who's in the stern? Do, do, do I need to remind you not who you're with, but who's with you? Do, 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 I, do I need to remind you that you need to get your eyes off the storm and remember who is with you? But look at what happens. The text goes on and say, but Jesus is in the stern sleeping. Have you ever been in a storm? You feel like Jesus is just straight quiet. Ain't saying nothing, just like some of y'all right now. Just a straight quiet. Jesus is quiet in the middle of a storm. Why? Why? I want you to write this down. Every emergency to you is not a panic to God. I'm going to say that again. Every emergency to you is not a panic to God. God, I'm, I, I'm about to die. God, my health. God, my finance. God, my mind. God, my children. God, my job. God, the ministry. whatever. He says, every emergency and every storm to you is not in a panic to me. They're being swamped. The boat is being battered, and Jesus is sleeping. I know, there have been times in my life I'm wondering where God is. And here's the thing. Just because God is quiet doesn't mean God's not with you. I'm going to say that again. Just because God is quiet does not mean that God is not with you. He was quiet, sleeping. sleeping. So how do we perceive that? That every storm in your life doesn't mean it rattles who Jesus is. And just because it's a storm to you, don't think that God has to be overly panicked and overly concerned. Why? Because he knows you're with him. See, here's the blessed assurance that we can Have that's anchored in God. God's in that boat too. And here we have the Son of Man and the Son of God. And Jesus himself still has a lot of work to do. So Jesus wasn't going to die. Some of you will catch it. And because Jesus wasn't going to die... And because Jesus still had things to be fulfilled, it could calm the nerves of those that are on the boat to have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. And this is why, beloved brothers and sisters, it's imperative for us to know the will of God for our lives. So we're not uh, uh, blown by the storms of life for us to wonder what the outcome of every storm is going to be when you know that God has plans to prosper you and not harm you, when you know he'll be with you even to the end of the age, when you know that there's still work to be done, when you know that he has not called your name as of yet, when you know that he's made every crooked path straight, when you know that the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path, when you know those things, it will give you the peace of God to calm your spirit in the midst of storms that's going all around you. And as beloved brothers and sisters and Christians and people of God, we have to believe in God so much so that every time a storm comes in our life, it doesn't distract us from worshiping him. And every time that a storm rises in our life, it distracts us from coming to church, lifting up our hands, that, that it distracts us from honoring God. God says every storm is not bent for you to be broken, but it's meant for you to be bent towards worshiping me. So the text says in Mark chapter number four, he begins to go on and say that he was in the stern in verse number 38, sleeping on a cushion. Not only is he sleeping, but he's sleeping comfortably while a storm is going on. Not only is he sleeping comfortably while the storm is going on, but they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, don't you care we're going to die? Now, that's disrespectful. Because God didn't handle the storm the way they thought he should have. Now they're questioning how much he cares for. Don't that sound familiar? Well, God, if you love me, why did this happen? Well, God, if you love me, why did you let Mama go? Well, if God is who you say he is, why did I lose my job? If God is who he say he is, why is the world the way it is? All of this shoulda, coulda, woulda, don't you care that we're not going to die? Let me explain something to you. Just because God is not responding to this storm or whatever it is that you're going through doesn't mean that he doesn't care about your life. I don't, I don't know who that's for, but but just because uh, you, you don't hear his voice and and, and and you know he's with you, but he's not talking to you and and, and I, I haven't always been so spiritual. There have been times where, and, and still to this time, I feel like I, I, don't, I don't hear the voice of God concerning this. But that doesn't mean that he's not with me. That doesn't mean that he, he, he doesn't know all things. Maybe it's for me to just be still. And when you don't know and hear the voice of God, the worst thing for you to do is not panic, but pause. I'm going to say that again. The best thing that you can do when you don't hear the voice of God is not panic but pause. And pause and be still and wait on the Lord, I say, wait and be of good courage. The text goes on and say in in Mark chapter number 4, he says that a fierce windstorm arose. The winds were breaking on the boat. He was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. They woke him up. Teacher, don't you care we're going to God? He got up in verse number 39 and rebuked the storm. Now, this word rebuke simply means strong disapproval. He disapproved of that storm. He 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 rebuked the storm. In other words, he 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 calmed the the the, the storm down. It goes on and say he told him to be silent, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Now, I need for you to understand what just happened. They wake him up. He's sleeping. He jumps up, rebukes, strong disapproval of the storm, and the storm ceases. What just happened? The word of God was just spoken to that. Let me explain something to you. The word of God became flesh and dwelt among us, Jesus' word. And he spoke to that storm. Let me explain something to you. In order for storms to calm in your life, You're going to have to do what Jesus did, speak the word. So when there's storms in your life, it doesn't mean for you to go, oh, Lord, I'm not coming, I'm not worshiping, I'm not giving, I'm not serving. It's it's like, nope, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. The devil is a lie. Yea, though I'm walking through this valley of the shadow, I shall fear no evil. Greater is in me than he that is in the world. By your stripes I'm healed. You got to start speaking the word of God to whatever promise and not just become flim-flamsy because of the storm that's arising you. Where is your protector? Where is your umbrella? Where is your shield? Where is your, wind, your spiritual windshield wipers to your eyes so you can see things clearly with the word of God? Speak the word of God. And this is why back at Christian Liberty Church we promote this, this, because the enemy wants to keep you ignorant from this. He wants to keep you ignorant from this. If you don't know this, you can't handle that storm. That storm will... Man, we came last, last year, what, to help hurricane, was it Florence, on a mission trip? Man, that, that thing, listen, storms will wipe you out if you don't handle that thing right. If you don't handle that thing right. We, we, we've dealt, if I was to tell you how many storms we just as a church have dealt with, we'll be here now next week. Because storms arise. He says, but he speaks the word of God to the storm. And after you speak the word of God to the storm, he says, the wind ceased. The question that God is asking you, you be like, man, this, this message is for me. I'm in a storm right now. The question God is asking you, have you spoke the word of God to it? I don't care what it is. I don't care what storm you are facing. The question is, big question mark, have I spoke the word of God to that? See, see, here's the thing. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, but things are hoped for. So what I've learned to do is to speak what I—basically, I, 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 I don't speak what I see. I see what I say. Like, what in the world did he just say? See, if, if I'm speaking what I see, my, what, what I see may not add up to the faith of what God has. So, so I, I can't always speak what I see because my faith is so large, I can't, what, I, what I'm naturally seeing, my faith is larger than that. So I, you got to reverse that thing when it comes to these storms. You got to reverse that thing when it comes down to the Word of God. I don't speak what I, what I see. I see what I say. I speak that thing into existence. And then it will come to in manifestation of my faith. Does everyone follow me this morning? If you don't, it's okay. You will anyway. Mark chapter number four. Let's look at it. He told the storm to be still. Sometimes storms be still before we will. We have to be still. We have to learn to be still. The wind ceased. And there was what? A great calm. Not only does the text say, verse 40, then he said to them, why are you fearful? God is asking you that this morning. Why are you so fearful? You know, some people call it cautious. Some people call it planned. Some people call it, um, you know, I want to make sure that things are structured and done well. But are you operating out of fear? You know, are. Remember, God didn't give us what? The spirit of fear. But of power, of love, and of sound mind. See, how we respond to storms really, really exposes our level of faith. Because guess what? Faith contradicts faith, fear. So, so how you respond to a storm really shows how much faith we have in God. Or are we more fearful when a storm comes? Or are we more faithful and believing by faith in God that he's able to do it? He says, why did you give the spirit of fear? He says, why are you fearful? He says, after he says, why are you fearful? He says, do you still have no faith? That that, that builds my point, that that, that faith contradicts uh, fear. He says, because if you have fear, it's it's drowning out the faith that you need in me to have in God. It says, do you still have no faith? In other words, you walked with me long enough. You've seen me do some miracles. You've seen how I've kept you a mighty long way, and and you still are fearful concerning a storm that arises in your life. And not only did he ask him, is he fearful, he says, and they were terrified and asked one another. Mind you, these are the disciples. These are church folk. They asked one another, who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? you know you got folk in church that still don't know the power of God? Who, who is this man? He didn't feed 4,000, fed 5,000. He didn't with the issue of blood. He, he didn't get all these things, and they're terrified. Who is this man that even the winds and the storms obey him? See, being around God is just not good enough. Being in church, beloved brothers and sisters, I got to treat y'all like family. Y'all family, this is how I talk back at CLC. Coming to church just ain't good enough. But it's experiencing and identifying and knowing the power of his resurrection. See, when we look at the scriptures of Matthew chapter 28, it didn't say, go ye therefore and make Christians. He said what? Go ye therefore and make disciples. See, a Christian can just be around him, but a disciple has to know his authority and his power. He says, go ye therefore and make disciples. He says, but who is this man that even the wind and the storms obey him? And so here's the thing. I believe that God does this to rock our faith. I believe he does this to expose where our fear is, 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 is too much and where faith has to be increased. He, he, he does this because it's more like a wow. Has God ever wowed any, anyone out there? I know he's wowed me. If I had four hands, I'll put them up. He, he wants to wow you like, Man. He reveals himself more and more and more and more. And let me explain something to you. Sometimes the greatest things in life of revealing God's power is how he delivered you from a storm. Listen, my my, my testimony is simply that and, and how he pulled me out of a desolate pit and out of a marley clay and made me what I am. It was through a storm that got me to where I am explain something to you. A seminary is what not got this mind. A seminary is not what got me reading this Bible. A seminary is not what got me apologetics and doing uh, uh, expository. No, what got me that is me being in a hard place and a rock and God saving me and redeeming me and making me what I am and being on a rampage to want to tell the world that my Redeemer lives. Storms will develop you and mature you to know God in a power of his resurrection. And the more we can understand that and the more we can invite our storms into our life because we can understand that it's going to reveal God in a more reachable and identifiable way. The reason why some of us have been hindered and have been forfeited the understanding of God in a more rapid way is because we're putting up shields from every storm that attempts to come around us. But God says, I don't want you to go inside of the storm. I want you to learn how to dance in the rain. That's the difference. God is saying, I don't want you to come on the inside. I don't want you to be like hermit, the frog, and go hide yourself over every storm and put the cover over your head and cry and be having a woe is me. I want you to pull that cover off your head and learn how to dance in the rain because the storm is what not died for that peace. The storm is what's not died for that joy. I died for that joy, and no weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. And not only that, I died so much so that that authority, the storm, doesn't. Have. Only I have that type of power. Let me explain something to you as we prepare to close. The enemy has nothing of your own. And if he does, you gave it to him. I'm going to repeat that and take a seat. Like, oh, enemy has my joy the enemy has my peace now when you look at that no weapon formed against me shall prosper that's just like having a handgun which we were popping off uh, on on uh, you know we had the the, the investigator we had Aaron I mean Todd and Aaron everybody Cowboy Ray and we popping off but guess what imagine us taking that AR-15 and then sticking it up right that's a weapon But what if no bullets are in it? It can't be formed, it can't prosper. So, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. So, it's like having a gun with no bullets. And here's the thing all of us at times are tripping off the weapon, but there are no bullets in the chamber. So, here's what ends up happening Satan pulls a weapon up, he ain't got no power, he's using some weapon some family member, some friend, some mental thing that you then took down off the the, the airwaves of Satan and you you start to analyze that and you're thinking that he's used this weapon and now we just straight giving him things. Here's my peace. Here's my joy. Here's my happiness. Here's all of that. Satan didn't take nothing from you. You gave it to him because we serve a God who has all power in his hands. And under that all power was the joy and the peace and the happiness. This is why we say that the scriptures say the joy of the Lord is your strength. Right? So if I can take your joy from you, I can weaken you. While in this storm, does everyone understand this? One of the number one things that, that the enemy goes after while you're in a storm is your joy. Because the joy of the Lord is your strength. If I can take your joy, I can weaken you while in this storm. And you don't even remember and think about that God is with you. Somebody say, God is with me. God is with you. Handle the storm God's way. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your peace. We thank you for your love. We thank you, Lord God, for even every storm that comes in our life. And Lord, I I pray on today that you enable us, which you already have, to process storms your way. We've learned of your promises earlier, perception of them. And now, Lord, we've learned of your storms the perception of them. And Lord, I pray praying right now in the name of Jesus that we realize and recognize that those storms are not meant to destroy us, but it's there to develop us. It's there to Deploy us to grow in you. And Lord, I don't know what storms may be in your children's lives right now, but I pray that during this hour that you would remind them that you are with them, that you are with them. And Lord, I pray that this be An encouragement to their hearts and minds that even when there are times of silence from you, that doesn't mean that you are not with them. And Lord, you you said when they woke you up, you said, why are you terrified? Where is your faith? And Lord, teach us the balance and the difference of coming to you about storms and speaking to the storms about you. Give us discernment. Give us wisdom. And Lord, I I pray right now in the name of Jesus. In order for us to handle these storms, right, you you first got to be in the boat of our heart, the boat of our mind, the boat of our soul. The Bible declares that the wages of sin is death. What Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden, it, it, it separated us from you. And in that separation, Mankind was in need of a rescuer. But even before then, Lord, you, you, you wiped the, the earth off through Noah. But where that existed, sin kept on abounding. And so rather than destroying all of mankind, you, you, you sent a savior. You could have used One of your prophets, you could have used Isaiah, you could have used Zephaniah, you could have used uh, Malachi, but none of them had that type of power. And Lord, you loved us so much that you sent yourself, your, your son, Jesus the Christ, the son of God, the son of man. Isaiah 9 says, unto us a child is born and a son was given. That child was, bo- was born, that was Jesus, the son of man. You said the son was given. And the reason why it was given, because you always existed and always was. You, you can't birth what always existed. You are the son of God. You are the great I am. The Bible declares the gift of God is eternal life. That gift that you, you gave through us, for us, through Jesus Christ, it provides eternal life because the weight of our sins that we've done, it, it, it deserves hell and damnation. It, it, it deserves separation. And since we are so uh, filthy and so dirty, we, we can't just come to God the Father without being cleansed first. So you have God the Father who is the judge and who, who is the Father, and Jesus Christ the mediator who is our, our mediator, our counselor, our, our attorney. He, he says in order to get to God the Father, you first got to come through the mediator, Jesus the Christ who, who washes away all sins, who, who cleanses you from all ungodliness. Maybe you're here today and you're unsure if you was to die today where your soul would go. You don't know if you will make it to heaven or hell. And coming to church doesn't make you saved. Serving in ministry doesn't make you saved. The Bible is very clear. Of Romans chapter 10 verse 9, but if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Maybe that's you. You're running. But wherever you go, God's already there. Today is the day of salvation. Maybe that's you and you need to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You need for Him to come into your heart. You need to be born again. Born again meaning you already was born once and now you have to have a spiritual rebirth. That's you Our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. And you want to accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And I believe in my heart that, God, you raised him from the dead. Save me, Lord. And please forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name.